I'm back. Let's bow our heads in prayer real quick. Father, I just established that everything is in complete order in this house. God, we thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We thank you that you're positioning every heart in this place to receive your word. And not only to receive it, but to multiply it. God, we just thank you for what you're about to do. We glorify you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I spent like four months in California. That's what it feels like. It was about four weeks, but our time was so intense and so intense that it felt like four months. But, I mean, it was an amazing time. Uh, And Pastor Marcus, myself, and Lisa were tremendously blessed. Lisa, can you stand up for a second? Actually, I don't know where she is. Where is she? Get her. Okay. Everyone, just look at Lisa. That's the missions director. And let me tell you, watch out, because this girl got established. Man, Pastor Sonny laid down the inheritance. Lisa caught it. She's going to run with it. And Lisa, Pastor Christian and I, we believe in you. Amen? Church, do we believe in her? Man, our missions is about to go to a whole new level. Do you believe it? Amen. I just wanted to recognize her because I had such a blessed time. She's my cousin. No, like for real. Everybody was like, are you sisters? I was like, why? Because we're Korean. No, we're cousins though. (laughs) We're family. So as soon as we tapped down in the airport and uh, arrived in San Francisco, can I tell you we had all kinds of flight drama? Like from beginning all the way to the end, we just had flight drama. On our way down, we actually had to stop by the Oakland airport, even though we were supposed to arrive in San Francisco airport, because we ran out of gas and there was like airport traffic. I know, right? (laughs) Really? But um, I was reminded of Pastor Eric Lehman's message. And I believe that he was preaching about pitching a tent and just God's timing and all things. And so uh, even though we were kind of circling round and round and round and round and we were, our flight was delayed a couple of hours, landing that is, I just knew that everything was in control, that everything was all good. And we arrived and, and we entered chaos because Living Hope at the time was moving. They had a, had a sanctuary in the downstairs of their building that they were actually um, using for free. And God opened up that door with divine favor But all of a sudden, that door shut, and they were forced to move back upstairs. So I guess in the natural, it seemed like it was a complete setback, but we all knew that it was a complete setup. But the moment we stepped into the office, it was chaos, because everything was just um, placed in the office area, but nothing was, like, put in its where it's supposed to be. So if you can imagine, you know, if you've ever moved, you just move stuff in, and you put it in a room, and then you have to take the time to put the desk here, and put the AC here, and put the files here. But when we walked in, it was like everything was everywhere. It was, it looked crazy. And then we got in a circle, and we began to just um, lift up the Lord. That's their, what they do before every office hour, office day, is they just meditate on scripture, and they pray. And we were meditating in the book of Proverbs, and there was a, a passage talking about how we're oxen. And then Pastor Sunny looks at all of us interns and she says, you are oxen. And you will be like Hebrew slaves. No. No, she really said that. But (laughs) 
No, we really became oxen, and right away we just moved into just doing all this manual labor, and we were moving things, cleaning things, vacuuming things, and reorganizing things, and it was just like insane. And as we were doing this, I just remember thinking to myself, God, did I really come to California to do this? I mean, I'm a pastor. I don't do those things. I tell people to do them, you know? I was like, really? Is this what's going to happen? No, I'm playing. I was, I was doing it. I was joyful in doing it. And I almost felt like Joseph doing it because Joseph knew that he was a favorite son. But then he was put into Potiphar's house and he had to serve. And yeah, I served. But the whole time that I served, I knew that I still carried the authority that I always had. And even though I was vacuuming and I was sweeping and I was cleaning the bathrooms and wiping down the windows, still my authority was not touched. It was not phased. And so as I was cleaning and doing all this manual labor, I was like, God, there's got to be something that you want to speak to me while I'm doing all this. I feel like there's a reason and you want to show me something. And he just began to open up my heart about how sanctification works. I don't know if you guys ever heard that word sanctification, but sanctification, when I thought of it, the longest time I thought was just cleansing, purifying, which is what it really is. It's the purifying of us. When we get sanctified, we get purified. And I was thinking, man, all this cleaning that we were doing and everything was in, out of order. And God just began to speak to me and said, this is what sanctification, sanctification looks like. It's putting things in order. When you're on the process of sanctification, everything is there. Now catch this. I, for so long, and when I was established as a leader, I thought that I lacked a lot. And that my sanctification process was getting the things that I need. But what I began to see is I have everything that I need. You have everything that you need. It's just about putting it in their place. And as I was cleaning, all these big things would block little things. And we would find out, oh, snap, we had this. I remember one of the doors was like completely off the door frame. And it was leaning against the wall. And, and finally, when we got around to moving the door, right behind the door, there was all these other things that we didn't even know we had. And I thought to myself, man, it's just, it's just like our heart. The very things that you've been asking God for, it's already in you. But sometimes we have things blocking it. Sometimes the very inheritance that we are supposed to be walking in is just blocked by fear or insecurity. And sanctification is all about just putting things in their place. So when I began to just continue to clean, God just spoke to me, you have everything. You lack nothing. Now, Pastor Benjamin would say those words to me all the time, but I was like, you don't, you don't know. I lack a lot of stuff. I was like, you should see how I lead sometimes. And even my Emmaus staff, I just, sometimes I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do. And he was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) this is how I know he's in the spirit. He squints his eyes and shakes his head. "Mm -hmm." Marcus does the best impression. He goes, you lack nothing. And I would hear that. I'm like, that's not true. I could list all the things that I lack, but God spoke to me as we were cleaning. And he said, you lack nothing, but we got to put some things in their rightful place. There are some things that need to get thrown out. There are some things that need to get cleaned up, but still you have everything that you need. Amen. You know, something that I realized that I was desperately yearning for was wisdom. Wisdom. How many of you guys want wisdom? If you don't want it, you need it that much more. Okay, Jesus help us. 
Jesus, help us. You know, when things are in order, you have access. Now, if we wanted to get something specific in the room at that time when things were all over the place, it took hours for us to find the right file or the the right folder holder or the right uh, pencil case or whatever. It took hours for us to find it. But when things are in order in your heart, everything is accessible. Next thing you know, if someone asks you for this, it's right here. Boom. All of a sudden, when you're in a position where you need boldness, boldness right there. But sometimes we feel like we're searching for boldness, but it's not because you don't have it. It's because it's misplaced. And God wants to order our hearts today. Amen. And one of the things that we have, but we don't realize that we have is wisdom. We are the very people of God and God is filled with wisdom. And when we walk and when we talk, everything that needs to come out needs to come from a flow of wisdom. Wisdom. And so I'm going to talk about wisdom today. And I, like I said earlier, I thought I didn't have it, but that revelation came. I do have wisdom. It is inside of me. I have, I possess everything in the spirit. It's all about just shifting into that. And when we do shift, you always have to do this because that's what Pastor Benjamin does, shift. So even during debriefing me, Lisa and Marcus would meet and we talk about shifting our hearts around things, which is all our meetings just look like this. And squinty eyes because they're really important. So we're just um, shifting. <laughs> Amen? You know, one thing that I'm excited to give to you guys is the inheritance. If I could wrap up all that we did in California and all that we received is just a greater revelation of the inheritance that you and I have. It was amazing to see the very just how Pastor Benjamin, how Pastor Sonny operates, just how their staff operates, just how the church flows. Everything that we saw, all I saw was inheritance, 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 inheritance. And everywhere I looked, I said, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, and that's mine. And today, everything that I speak, I want you to have that same sort of attitude. That's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Everything that we received is yours. So we're not here to tell you what happened to us. We're here to tell you what you're about to get. What we already possess, but we need revelation of it. And so we have a huge, oh my gosh, the inheritance we have is insane. We were able to meet with Pastor Benjamin's spiritual father and spiritual mother. And we spent 4th of July uh, just hanging out in the morning at Pastor Daniel's home. Beautiful home. And later on, he came to Pastor Sunny's birthday party Um, she just celebrated her 40th birthday party and we received some impartation and prayer for them. And and he began to pray over me. And this is what he said. He said, I just feel fire. And all I feel is that your church is a church on fire. I didn't say anything to him about anything, but he literally said that he began to just burn. And even the moment he laid his hands, I was like, it's hot. Oh, man, just the anointing that's on him is palpable. But he began to just prophesy that our church is a church that's set on fire. You guys felt the fire during worship today? Hmm. And he just began to just speak that out. And, and just every word that he said, you should have seen us. It was like he was sitting on the couch, and it was me, Marcus, and Lisa sitting at his feet with all of our iPhones out and just typing away everything that he was saying. And you just heard every five seconds, Lisa going, snap. 
snap. <laughs> This whole internship was about cross-pollination, and what I received was HECA, and what Living Hope received was snap. I've been saying HECA a lot. <laughs> but there's a great inheritance. But what is our inheritance? Our inheritance is the very words of our Father. Before Jesus went on the cross, he prayed a prayer over the people of God. Turn with me to John chapter 17. And we're going to look at verse 8. He said, for I have given them the words that you have gave me, and they have received them. I have given them the words. Jesus did not give the disciples finances, provision. He gave them his teachings. That was the very inheritance that he entrusted to the disciples. And what he expected from the disciples was for them to receive the teachings and then multiply it. Now, Pastor Benjamin preached a message about the parable of the talents. And when we normally hear that parable, we think about giftings and not hiding our giftings. But he, he began to just speak about the very talents that God has entrusted you and I with is his word. And many of us receive the word and then we bury it. Because when Jesus returns, he's going to ask you, what have you done with the word that I have spoken over you? This house, we are so blessed. We have a mighty inheritance and so many powerful pastors and preachers that give the word and give the word powerfully. But my question to you today is, what have you done with it? Have you buried the word or have you multiplied it? How do you multiply the word when I receive, when Pastor Benjamin receives a word from Pastor Daniels, he begins to meditate on it. He'll pray over it for days and days until he gets increased revelation and that word begins to multiply. And then he begins to speak the word out over his congregation, over his staff, over his sons and daughters. And they receive the word and that word just multiplied. We are so filled with the word of God, brothers and sisters, but we need to multiply the word. We need to multiply the words that were spoken over us. Amen. So I want to talk about wisdom. I know it sounds like I'm going all over the place, but I'm not. <laughs> Everything is in order. <laughs> now, if the word of God is our inheritance... And it says in Proverbs that if we treasure the word, we will receive wisdom. Then wisdom itself is our inheritance. So many of us ask God for wisdom. And what should I do here? How should I handle this situation? Or how, what's the, the, the wise thing to do here? But I'm telling you that you already have wisdom. You already possess it. It is your inheritance. Now, why is it so important for us to take claim of wisdom? We're going to read right now in Proverbs chapter 4. We read verses 1 to 9, and I'm just going to go down this um, chapter, at least the first portion of this chapter, verse by verse, and we're going to break this down. It says in verse 1, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. Number one, you must be in the position of a son in order to get wisdom. You can't gain wisdom unless you position yourself as a son. Hear, O son. It doesn't say hear, O slave. Hear, O servant. It says hear, O son. A father's instruction and be what? Attentive. 
How many of you guys have heard your fathers talk, 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 and you didn't pay attention to a single word he said? Mm-hmm. I know I did. <laughs> I was good at that. But it says in the word that we are called to be attentive. That means to incline our ears, to pay attention. But you know what happens? Sometimes we don't pay attention because we treat our father's words with contempt. And we think to ourselves, what does this guy know anyway? He's like ancient and he doesn't know what's going on in today's time. And he's so old school. So I'm just going to completely shut my ears off. Sometimes we treat even our spiritual father's words with contempt. Your small group leaders, your pastor, the furnace coaches. When they speak, are you paying attention to the words that they're saying? Or are you treating their words with contempt? Listen, if you treat the words with contempt, you shut all possibility for you to receive wisdom. That's a bad position to be put in. Some of us need to shift our hearts shift our hearts to really honoring the words of our father. That's why it says life flows through honor. Because when you honor someone, basically what you're doing is you're opening your heart to receive from them. If you don't honor that person, you shut yourself off from the very thing that they have to give to you. Be it Attentive, the word of God says. And if we do this, what do we gain? We gain insight. You know, we talk a lot about going deeper. We sing that song, deep cries out to deep. How many of you want to go deeper in the Lord? If you want that insight and depth, you need to do these words. You need to pay attention. You need to pay attention. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. For I give you good precepts. You know what that says to me? That says that God has given us every instruction that we need to do what we need to do. Sometimes we feel like we're blind to the next step. Or God, I don't know how to handle this. And God says right here, I've given you good precepts. I've given you the instruction manual for you to live out your destiny. So when we say we lack this, we're basically going against the very word that he has spoken over us. You have given us good instruction. He has given us everything that we need. Do not forsake my teaching. How do you forsake God's teaching? You hear the word and it sounds good, but the very way you can forsake it is unbelief. You hear it and you don't believe it. That's forsaking the teaching of the father one and of the father, heavenly father, and even our spiritual fathers. When I'm talking about Proverbs, I'm talking about both because God speaks to us through our spiritual fathers. He's going to speak to us through the word. And he's also going to speak to the very people that he placed above you. So I'm talking about both. You know, one of the things that I realized is I was waiting for Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny to rebuke me. I don't know. I was just waiting for it. I was excited about it, actually. Because it says in the Proverbs, if you turn at my re- 
reproof, reproof or rebuke, I will pour out my spirit on you. Every time we get rebuked is an opportunity for God's spirit to be poured out onto us. We don't really know that because when we get rebuked, we begin to shrink down and, and feel low and not feel good. But that, when we do that, it means that we don't understand what rebuke really is. If you hear the rebuke and you turn and respond to that rebuke, it's access to more of God's presence. So next time we receive a rebuking word, you guys get filled up. Receive it because it's good. So I was waiting to get rebuked, but all I kept getting was all these positive words and affirmations. And I was like, and they're like, you are, you are a powerful anointed minister. And I'm like, come on, rebuke me. Tell me something bad about myself. I have no idea why I was thinking like that. But I realized that I couldn't, my very problem was I couldn't believe what they said. When they would say those words over me, I couldn't believe it. It was so hard for me. It just sounded too good to be true. So I would close my heart to those very words of life that they would speak over me. I would turn away. I would forsake. But God was really teaching me and challenging me not to do that. For some of you guys, the problem isn't receiving rebuke. The The problem is receiving the truth and believing it. Amen? It says, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. What does it mean to hold fast to something? For me, when I think hold fast, I'm thinking security. This is where I find my security. When I hold fast to the word, I find safety in it. Holding fast to something means that you will not let it go. For some reason, I was thinking about Titanic. And you know when Jack and um, Rose, thank you, they're in the water and they're like swimming. It's hot. Can we turn on the AC? Because I'm sweating up here. Um, Wow. Okay. And so they were swimming in the ocean and it was freezing cold. And then, and then Rose and Jack, they're staring at each other and they're like, I'll never let go. I'll never let go. And they're like holding hands for like dear life and Jack's in the water and like, I'll never let go, Jack. I don't know why I thought of that, but I'm talking about holding fast to something. Okay. Holding fast to the word. Here's what this means. It means if God says hold fast to the word, it suggests the very possibility that we can let it go. Now, some of our problems is not receiving it and even believing it for that very moment, but letting it go later on. You get that word of encouragement. You get that prophetic word. You get that prayer that somebody prayed over you and just spoke right into your situation. And you're like, yeah, I believe it. I receive it. And then the next day you let it go and you're right back in that place of discouragement, right back in that place of confusion. God is saying, hold fast to my words. Do not let them go. Do not let them go. How many of you guys have ever gotten prophesied over? Raise your hands. Now, how many of you remember every single prophetic word that has been spoken over you? How many of us have let go of the words of God? 
Because what happens is, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and what? Live. Live. If you keep his commandments, now watch this, by keeping his commandments, it means you possess it. So when you hear the words, you don't just receive it, you got to possess it in the spirit. You got to say, yes, that is mine. I take possession over it. You know, when we were at Living Hope, they were in a housing situation. And Pastor Benjamin, not only was a church going through drama, but Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, their home got foreclosured. And so when we came, they were living with their um, Pastor Sonny's brother-in-law's home. And they were praying for a new home. And actually, the word of God came to Pastor Sonny and and said that God was going to give her a five-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. And so she was holding on to that word. They were holding on to that word. They got confirmation from there, from Pastor Daniels. And everyone was contending and praying, but they saw absolutely no breakthrough insight. But when they prayed about it, they possessed their new home. They didn't just say, oh, I envision it. Oh, it's so nice. No, they said, I got the keys in my hand. That home is mine. I possess it. It is done. They possessed it. Well, we're crying out for actually a new church building for Living Hope as well. And we know the address. I know the address. Well, I almost messed it up a little bit on Sunday Swim because I kept repeating the address during prayer because Pastor Benjamin kept saying, possess it, possess it, possess it. And we would envision the, the building, the actual building. We got a chance to see it, Lisa and I. And we just began to say, that is ours. That is ours. That is ours. We spoke that word of faith that we were to possess it in the spirit. Keep my commandments. Keep my word. Possess his word. Some of us has received the word, but we did not possess the word. We hear it, but we don't take hold of it. We let it go until someone else says the same exact words later on. We don't need to do that, brothers and sisters. We have everything that we need. Our problem isn't we lack a prophetic word. Our problem is we need to hold on to the ones that have been given. If we do that, we have life. Now, the life that we're talking about here, see, it says in the word that Satan comes, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what he's out to kill, steal, and destroy is your inheritance. If he can get you to believe that you are operating out of poverty, you're, we're already finished. But if we understand what we actually already possess in the spirit, He's done. He's done. And he wants to steal our very inheritance. But the next line is, but Jesus came to give life and life abundant. But that life abundant, in order to live life abundant, we need to take hold his words, to possess his words, to keep his very words. Now, my favorite verse out of this whole passage is verse 5. It says, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. If he says, get wisdom and get insight, that means wisdom and insight is within our reach. Because you're not going to tell someone to get something if they can't get it. If I'm asking someone that's quite short, You know, I'm not going to ask them to get me something that is in the highest cabinet of my kitchen. I'm going to ask like Gloria and be like, Gloria, can you get that cup for me? Because I know she can reach it. I know she has the capability of getting it. When God says get wisdom and get insight, he's saying it's there 
right there for you to take claim of. We think we're disqualified from wisdom because we're young, lack of experience. I don't know, all these crazy excuses that we come up with, but these words itself completely tears down all of those lies. And God says, get wisdom, get insight, because you can get it. Because you have access to it. You can't tell someone to get something from the vaulted bank vault thingy, Mababi, if they don't have access to it. You're not going to be like, hey, get that money in that vault thing. If they, don't have, if they don't know the code, we have access to wisdom that's beyond you and I. When we say, I need wisdom, you, we got to just stop saying those words because we already have it. You just need to take claim of it. Get wisdom, get insight, and do not forget, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. You know, if we give the proper authority to the words of God, I think we wouldn't have to suffer the way that we do sometimes. I told you about holding fast the word of the Lord, right? But we just let it go all the time. But you know what we do? We hold fast of all the negative comments that we received. And we won't let that go. When that person called you ugly, we won't let it go. We hold on to it like Jack held on to Rose in the ocean of Titanic or whatever. We won't let it go. Or we won't let that comment go of that person that said something to us about how we're not good enough. We hold fast to the words of other people, but not of the word of God. What that means is we give more authority to others than we give to the very words of our Heavenly Father. That's a problem. We can't do that. How much authority have you recognized in the word of God? How much authority have you given your spiritual father? When Pastor Christian says something over you, do you take claim over it? Do you possess it? Or do you just say, oh, that's Pastor Christian. He has to say stuff like that. He has to tell me that I'm beautiful because that's like part of his job. (laughs) Therefore, it really doesn't mean anything. And you begin to tear away the very authority that God has already placed upon him. What words are you holding on to? Because for some of us, the very first thing we need to do before we take claim of wisdom is to let go of some foolishness. Because we've been holding on to some foolishness. Hey, you see, y'all don't feel me on that. Some of us have been holding on to some foolishness. I hear the things that some of you guys have believed for so long, and it is straight foolish. The lie that you're not good enough, that's foolish. The lie that you don't have what it takes, foolish. Oh, I can't forgive that person, foolish. Hold on to the words of God. It says, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. We need to give the authority It's already there. Excuse me. We need to recognize the authority of our spiritual fathers and of the very words of our father. The more authority we give to foolishness, the more we're walking in rebellion. If you refuse to let go the words that your mom spoke over you out of anger, you're walking in rebellion. 
If you're believing the thing that your friend said three years ago about you more than you're believing what your spiritual father or your small group leader is saying over you, you're walking in rebellion. That's completely out of order. Remember I told you that the one thing the devil is going to try to take from us is our inheritance? Part of our inheritance is identity. When we're talking about sanctification, when you and I are getting sanctified, basically that process is finding out who we really are. That's what sanctification is. Putting the very things that already exist in us in its rightful place and finding out who we truly are. I think we're too busy judging our leaders. We spend too much time discrediting them because of their weaknesses and their faults. And we strip them away from the authority. And they're speaking the very answers and breakthroughs that you need, but because of the contempt, you shut your ears to it. When Pastor Benjamin and I spent time together, I realized that he was repeating a lot of stuff that he told me before. And one thing that I began to get really convicted about was, oh man, I didn't possess it when he told me last time he said these things. He's telling me the very same things over and over again because I didn't give him the authority. I didn't recognize the authority that when he says it's impossible for me to fail, it's impossible for me to fail. We're walking in seasons and we're looking for certain breakthroughs and and keys for new levels and seasons. But I'm telling you, many of those keys are in the hands of our spiritual fathers. And you're sitting around waiting. When is the breakthrough coming? When is the breakthrough coming? Guess what? When you open up your ears and receive the words, you'll have the breakthrough. And when I finally began to open up my ears and I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have faith. Pastor Benjamin, when you say those things over me, it is true. I receive it. All of a sudden I felt a new level of just deliverance and just freedom in my life. But there was a moment where I was resisting because I kept saying, but you don't know me that well. I discredited him because we, you know, Pastor Benjamin, you don't know me that well yet. You haven't really seen me lead you know you only come during conferences and and things where you speak you haven't really seen me in action therefore you really don't really know who i am or what i'm capable or not capable of it's time to stop blocking the inheritance amen do not forsake her this is her referring to wisdom And she will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. Wisdom protects. Wisdom protects. So many of us experience unnecessary suffering because of foolishness. It's not because it's the suffering that, you know, we can relate to Jesus and our suffering. There is that kind of suffering. But a lot of our times, our suffering is not because of that. It's because of our foolishness. But when we're walking in wisdom, it protects us. It guards us. It becomes a wall around us, prohibiting us from falling or tripping. It says, love her. Love wisdom. 
I think many of us are trying to figure out what's right and wrong, but I think the question is, what's wisdom? Not just what's the right thing to do or what's the wrong thing to do, what's the wise thing to do? And I think if we begin to think and operate on that level, we would avoid a lot of unnecessary drama. The beginning of wisdom is this. What is it? Isn't that funny? The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Just get it. And whatever you get, get insight. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. How does that make any sense? The beginning of wisdom is to get wisdom. I guess if I were to change the words a little bit around, I would say the beginning of wisdom is to claim wisdom. Claim it. Just get it. Get it is just this, it's like an active word. It's not just sitting there waiting until you get this fresh download of wisdom. In order to get wisdom, you got to go after it. You got to claim it. You got to possess it. You got to grab it. You got to reach for it. You got to say, I have access to it. You got to get wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. It's a statement that's provoking action. We need to go after it. We need to claim it. We need to possess it. Amen? Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland and she will bestow on you a beautiful crown. When I walk in the room, I don't want to be noticed for my hairstyle or my eyes or my sweater or my ring. I want to be noticed for the wisdom that's on my head. When you walk into the room of like a, a, a palace, you look at people's heads to see what their position is. Because if they got a crown, they're royalty. Now, I always want to be positioned in the place of wisdom. That when I walk in a room, they'll see a garland of grace. A crown. But it says wisdom. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, you know what? I think it's awesome. <laughs> Wisdom, to be known, to be a woman that is walking in wisdom. I want you guys to just close your eyes. I know most of you wanted to hear about my trip and all this stuff. And listen, you're going to hear all about it. And I'm sure most of you are going to want to hear about the amazing prophetic words that this house received while we were there. You're going to hear about that too. And you're going to want to hear about the experience and the inheritance that you're going to be operating into. Because I'm in a new season of my life, which makes this whole house in a new season. Amen. I broke through a new level when I was in California. That means the whole house has broken into a new level. I know you're going to want to hear about these things, but before you do, I want to make sure that as the words go out, not only will you receive it, but you will not let it go. Because I'm not going to talk, 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 only for those words to be buried. Lisa, Pastor Marcus, myself, we have so much to give to the house. 
we have been filled up. We received so much. But I think the word that needs to be preached, even before I share a single thing, is this right here. Wisdom. That we would be people who would be attentive to our Father's instruction. That we wouldn't treat the very words of our spiritual leaders with contempt. That we wouldn't just receive it, but that we would hear it, receive it, possess it, and then multiply it. Can we just make this our prayer right now? God, make us the people of wisdom. It says in Proverbs chapter 2, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Right now, we're going to call out for insight. We're going to cry out for understanding. Come on, church. Let's just begin to pray. Jesus. Jesus.